I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and you might be thinking, didn't we just hear from Jeff? Didn't I just listen to a podcast? Well, you may have and you may not, depending on how you handled the Christmas holiday. So in other words, if you're someone that doesn't listen to podcasts when you're around the family, doesn't have the time because you don't have that commute, well, then you probably missed my Winners and Losers podcast, which ran on Christmas morning. I actually recorded it right after the game. Make sure you go back and check that out. You're not going to hear the winners and losers on this podcast. That was a separate podcast that ran, again, on Sunday. Today's podcast is going to be all about that Week 16 game. We have a ton of news to get out there and get straightened out. And on top of all of that, it's just an exciting time to be a Steelers fan considering it's Week 17, and here we are talking about the Steelers and they're still alive. Yeah, at one point being 2-6, and six, they are still alive. They have found a way to just keep their head above water barely, at least for the time being, at least for the time being. So what we're going to talk about today is how – it's something I've said in my other podcast, the Winners and Losers podcast. I said it multiple times. I'm going to say it again plenty today, and that is it's not pretty. It wasn't perfect, but there was a lot to like in that Steelers win over the Las Vegas Raiders at Acroshore Stadium on Saturday. I almost said Sunday. On Saturday, it was a Saturday night game. My days are all mixed up. I mean, I'm exhausted between the game on Saturday night, playing Santa Claus on Sunday, just incredibly tired. But here we are. Ride or die crew's here. I'm here with you. Leading the way as always. Let's get started with the news, shall we? 
One thing I always do after every game is I try to recap the injury updates and give you an update on the players that might be banged up from the week that was. According to Mike Tomlin, after his post-game press conference on Saturday night, there were only two players that were banged up for the Steelers. Trey Norwood, who left the game in the first half with a hamstring injury, was labeled as questionable to return. He didn't come back and eventually was ruled out in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mike Tomlin obviously said the obvious of how he's going to have to be evaluated. They'll see where he is. That's about it with that. The only other player that was mentioned in this game was Marcus Allen, everyone's favorite special teams player to hate after the boneheaded personal foul against Carolina the previous week. Mike Tomlin said that Marcus Allen suffered a biceps injury. Now, the biceps tendon, we all know what the biceps muscle is. you, You rupture that, your season's done. I'm not sure what the injury is. Tomlin said that he had to be evaluated further, and we'll know more. And we will know more on Tuesday when Mike Tomlin meets with the media getting ready for that Week 17 game. Before we talk about that Week 17 game, because there's a lot of stuff to discuss there and some news that broke on Christmas Day, is I want to give a big shout-out to all the fans that were in attendance. I know that several of my uh, Ride or Die crew members were, were there at the game, and those conditions were just... Even on television, and it honestly, it is rare that you have a game where when you watch it, you can feel the cold through the television screen. No, not that you're physically cold, but you can just see whether it's the the change of the skin pigment because it's so cold, uh, how many layers people are wearing, players that are coming off the field and hurrying to the, the, seat, the heated seats or near the heaters on the sideline, or getting a jacket over them as quickly as possible. Uh, you know it, it, you know it's cold when someone like T.J. Watt's wearing sleeves. And he was wearing sleeves. So big shout-out to all the fans that were there, that stuck it out, that stayed through the game. And if you gave up your ticket, I don't blame you. I want to get that out of the way real early. I don't blame you. I don't know if I would have gone to that game even if I had tickets. Uh, But it's a situation where, for me, I look at that game, and those fans were great. They were fantastic. They kept the Steelers motivated. You could tell they stayed. They were involved, even when things were were pretty dark at times. They kept them going. And I I was shocked by how loud they were at times. So kudos to those that were in attendance. You all did your job. You probably did more than your job, to be honest. Uh, Also, let's take a look at the draft order, shall we? I've been doing this since the Steelers were losing a lot of games, and all of a sudden everyone wanted to talk about how the Steelers might have a top 10 pick and how exciting that was that they trade Chase Claypool to the Bears. Now they have their second-round pick. What's that going to be? Well, that pick, the Chicago pick, is fantastic. Right now that they've lost, I think, eight games in a row, and outside of Tennessee, Tennessee's lost five in a row. They have the longest losing streak, especially after the Houston Texans They just won this past weekend. So now the Houston Texans have two wins. The Bears have three. Things could get interesting down the stretch if the Bears lose out. But nonetheless, that number two overall pick by the Chicago Bears means that second-round pick is really, really awesome for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Steelers winning, well, that makes them go back a little bit. They fall all the way back to 16th. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts play tonight on Monday night. They play the L.A. Chargers. Nah, that, that's that's going to matter a little bit, but even if Indianapolis wins that game, it's not going to change the Steelers' uh, spot in that draft order too much. So the Steelers are going to be right around the middle of the pack, but that Bears pick 
makes things mighty interesting. And there's a lot that can change in just a few weeks' time. Playoff scenarios. Yeah, playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. Believe it or not, the Steelers, like I mentioned at the top of the show, are somehow, some way, still relevant in the AFC playoff picture. They're hanging by a thread. But everything just seems to be happening for them to be relevant, to continue to stay relevant. So on Christmas Day, the Steelers needed Miami to lose to Green Bay, and they did. And so now that meant that there was no way for the Steelers to be mathematically eliminated in Week 16, regardless of whether the Chargers win on Monday night or not. That is huge for the Steelers. That means that in Week 17, at least going into that Thursday night, Sunday slate, all those games, they have a chance. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, and yeah, there's going to be those that bemoan that fact and say, oh, they should have just tanked. Uh, you know they're not going to do that. You, uh, you can feel that way. You can think that way. But you know the Steelers aren't going to do that. But they cannot be eliminated in Week 16. Another week of being relevant. Like Dave Schofield always said, when they show the graphic, he always wants to see the Steelers at least on the screen somewhere, even if it's in that in-the-hunt category, and they are there. Well, let's talk a little bit about that Week 17 game. No, I'm not jumping the gun and talking about the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium in Week 17. The only reason I'm bringing it up here on this Monday podcast is because the NFL, out of all the games that they could have flexed to Sunday Night Football, all the games. I mean, there's a really big game between the Vikings and the Packers now coming up. Nope, not that one. They chose Steelers-Ravens. So in case you haven't heard, and maybe you didn't because maybe you were celebrating the holiday and you, you just didn't have time, I get it. Steelers-Ravens Week 17 was flexed from 1 p.m. to a night game. And I was messaging Dave Schofield on our Slack channel on the, on the Christmas holiday and we both agreed that what, what really sucks about this decision is not that we have to stay up late. It's not the second straight primetime game. It's the fact that the Steelers could be mathematically eliminated before they even kick off. That's what sucks. You hope that maybe things break the Steelers' way and the Ravens and Steelers are playing in a very meaningful game. The Ravens trying to keep pace with the Bengals, uh, trying to make sure that they they still do have division playoff, the division hopes to win the AFC North. The Steelers, though, yeah, I think the NFL is looking at it saying, "Well, this could, this game could be they have to win if they want to keep keep staying alive." By moving it to night, by moving it to that prime time slot, there's a chance that that game is not relevant for the Steelers. An interesting choice by the National Football League, we shall say that. But the Steelers and, and Ravens will go head to head on Sunday night football. So a lot of news there. Thank you for bearing with me. Let's talk about the the fact of, and what I was really impressed and what I liked about the Steelers in week 16, that 13 to 10 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Like I said, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect, but a lot to like in this game. I'm going to give you some things on offense. Some, and then we're going to take a quick break. We'll do the defense. And I'm going to get you out of here, get you on your way to get this week started. So what, what is there like on offense? You know, let's start with Kenny Pickett. A lot of people have not been a fan of the Steelers deciding to go to Kenny Pickett when they did. Sure, I get it. A lot of people don't think that Kenny Pickett is the quote-unquote answer or the next quote-unquote guy at the position. Okay, whatever, that's fine. I hope, I'm, I hope that he is. I'm a Steeler fan. I want the Steelers to succeed. The one thing I've been asking for, and if you listen to my podcast, you know this, the one thing that I've been asking for a lot 
since Kenny Pickett became the starter, was I said, give me that moment. Give me that moment where he, Kenny Pickett, shows the fan base what he's capable of. He's had good throws. He's had good games. He's managed games well. But what we saw at Acroshore Stadium on Saturday night was Kenny Pickett's first moment. I really hope it's not his only moment. I hope this is just the first of many. But his first moment, and the fact that it happened at home, I thought was really important. The fact that Kenny Pickett had not played well in that game. Anyone that watched the game knew he was erratic with his throws. He got away with one. Could have been picked off. Could have been a pick six. Instead, goes through the defender's hands, and it's a completion of Deontay Johnson. Some might call that poetic justice, considering the same thing happened on the opposite side with Derek Carr and Cam Sutton. Nonetheless, he didn't look great. Definitely had some happy feet in the pocket early in the game. Wasn't really trusting his reads. Offensive line was giving a lot of that. There was a lot of pressure on Kenny and Kenny Pickett's face. They never sacked him. The Raiders never sacked Kenny Pickett, but you can't say the pressure wasn't there. When it mattered most, and when you think about how that game went down the stretch, Steelers get the ball with, I believe, just under six minutes left, if not under six minutes, just over. And if you're like me, you're watching this game and you're thinking, okay, they're going to they're gonna have one of their drives. They're going to drive down the field. They're going to take up almost the entire clock. They're going to score a touchdown, and it's going to be ball game. It's going to be ball game. Because the Steelers have driven the ball down the field a lot. They had actually moved the ball against the Raiders for a good portion of the game. But when the field got short is when the things got tight, and that's been the case for a long time this season with this offense. So they go three and out. And you're thinking, oh, you've, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And everyone, people on Twitter, social media, you name it, they're saying Tomlin should have gone for it. I can't believe he's punting this ball away. But he made a decision and he trusted his defense. We'll talk to the def- we'll talk about the defense in the second half. Defense gets the ball right back to the offense. The Raiders were only able to use up probably about three, three minutes of clock. I think the Steelers get the ball back like 250. And you're thinking, all right, this is this is this is it. They got to do it. It's now or never. And Kenny Pickett delivers. He delivers. He didn't make any throws really that made you think like, wow. Like, wow, we all remember those Big Ben throws. I mean, everyone's going to compare him to Roethlisberger. It was his predecessor. It's natural. But sometimes Ben would make throws. You're thinking, holy cow, how did he pull that off? Kenny Pickett didn't have those type of throws. What Kenny Pickett did was he just he, he trusted himself, he trusted his reads, and he delivered the football when he needed to, and his playmakers actually made some plays to help him out. The first two throws to Pat Fryermuth. That second one, Pat Fryermuth gets his elbow down and bounds. It was challenged. They said it, the, the call on the field, which was a catch, stood, gets it over midfield. Then two straight dump-offs to Najee Harris. Talked about it on my Winners and Losers podcast. I'm watching the game. My wife's not paying attention. She couldn't care less. And the after the second Fryermuth completion, Pickett drops back. Najee goes underneath him. No one's near him. Check it down. Take the yards. He does. Does it again. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to see a little semblance of them moving the ball. Another pass to Fryermuth. Then the dart to George Pickens, which everyone can say what they want. Oh, that was an easy throw and catch. It doesn't matter. You still have to execute it. And you still have to execute it. And on a night when Kenny Pickett missed on a couple quote-unquote easy throws, that one was right on the money. 
So that was Kenny Pickett's first moment. I was really excited to see that moment. You can talk about the stat line. You could say that it was overblown. You could say that he stunk it up for all the game but that drive. But he had that drive. He had that moment. And that's really important, in my opinion. Having that moment is really, really important. And so that's a, there's a lot to like in that one thing. Another th- aspect of the offense that is really – how could you not like it is the amount of young talent on this offense. Pickett, Pickens, Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson. You could throw in Connor Hayward if you want. They are all ridiculously young. Jalen Warren, forgot about him. All ridiculously young. And I guess it never clicked with me, but I was watching the game – and I actually didn't mind Rich Eisen. I couldn't stand everyone else. If it was just Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner, I think it would have been a decent broadcast. Four people was way too many in a broadcast booth. Michael Irvin does nothing. Get him out of there. Maybe just have the three. I, I still think if you just have Rich Eisen and someone else, it'd be okay. It's neither here nor there. Rich Eisen said, man, this Steelers young offense is going to have to find a way. And I thought, man, he's right. And I've said it before on this podcast before. It's It's not... Yeah, I'm not beating a dead horse here, but at the same time, it does kind of make you have to think to yourself, wow, this is a really young offense. And it ties into the next thing that I really liked is that they got experience. They're getting this experience. Say what you want about Kenny Pickett or George Pickens, any of the players I just mentioned. They're getting experience. And that is invaluable to the future. Next season, when the Steelers report to training camp at St. Vincent College, They're going to do so with all these young players on offense. They've had all this time together, all this practice time, game experience. They have gained this knowledge that can only be gained by playing the game, not in practice, not in camp, by playing the game. That's invaluable. And another group and another reason for to really, really be happy with the offense is the offensive line. Yes, this game, they did surrender a lot of pressures. They didn't run the ball really, really well, but they made enough plays. So, so and this kind of with it, if you think about their, their MO, the Steelers' offensive line all season, it's been the same. They've been really solid. Haven't been great. They haven't been extraordinary. But they've just been really solid. It's a really solid season, a really solid group. And there's a lot of people that think, but you know what? That they need to get a whole new left side of that offensive line. Jeff, get Dan Moore out of there. Get Dotson out of there. Find a new left guard, a new left tackle. If that's the way they want to go, having to just fill two holes and not the entire offensive line, <laughs> almost like they did last season, you know, outside of Dan Moore returning, signing Chooks for, and then bringing Kevin Dotson back for a competition with Kendrick Green. I mean, think about that. That last offseason where you have to bring in Mason Cole, James Daniel. So now you're only having to look at that one side of the offensive line. If they want to go that route and replace players, they hey, they can. They're going to have the capital to do that. It's a lot better situation than they were a year ago. Offensive line, there's a lot to like. And the last thing before we take a break, the Steelers are staying alive. They are staying alive. And the offense is a large part why they're staying alive. Even if the part is, hey, you're not killing us, whatever, you're staying alive. They are gaining the experience of a playoff push. They are gaining the experience of 
when their backs are against the wall, what do you do? Do you just get knocked out or do you come back swinging and give it everything you have for every last second that you have it? Well, that the latter is what the Steelers are doing right now. And the offense on Saturday, man, they, they showed a lot of grit. They showed a lot of grit. And, and, you know, it was interesting when the sideline reporter talked about Mason Cole getting really furious and frustrated, throwing his helmet on the sideline. I think it was Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, that came over to him and had to have a talk with him. Look, they're all, they were all frustrated. No one was making plays. They got it done. They're staying alive. I think this is all this very, very important and a lot to like for this Steelers offense. If you don't see it the same way I do, that's fine. But for me, with this offense, yeah, you can talk about the coordinator. I'm talking about the players on the field right now. The players on the field, there's a lot to like. Bright future for that group, in my opinion. When we come back after this break, I'm going to talk about the defense and how, yes, there was a lot to like in that area too. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Alright, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half. Happy Monday. Hope you have a great start to your week, whatever you're doing. Maybe you have the day off, maybe you're on vacation, or maybe you're back to the grind. Either way, it doesn't matter. We are here. The Ride or Die crew is with me as always. Just a quick reminder, don't forget on Tuesday. Tuesday morning-ish, I'm going to put out a tweet asking for questions for the mailbag segment on the Wednesday podcast. Make sure you're on the lookout for that. All you have to do is follow me on Twitter, or if you don't want to follow me, that's fine. I really don't care. Just Look up my account at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You'll see the tweet. It's usually a wedding crasher's gift because that's Kenny Pickett's favorite movie. Underneath that tweet, ask a question. I will answer that live on the air on Wednesday. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. All right, let's talk about the defense. In the first half, we talked all about the offense, how there's a lot to like. Now let's go to the defensive side of the ball because I think there was just as much to like about the defense as there was the offense. The first thing, and this is one that we have not been able to talk a lot about, maybe other than a handful of times, were the adjustments made on the defensive side of the ball. When you think about that opening drive, 72-yard drive ends in a Hunter Renfro touchdown. After that, the defense, they, they tightened up. It's not that they didn't give up big plays. Hunter Renfro had his. Darren Waller had his. Other than that, though, they made 
the necessary adjustments, and they did the job. That sounds so simplistic, doesn't it? Oh, they made adjustments and did the job. It's easier said. It's more difficult to go out and execute. The Raiders, when they're healthy, and they actually do have a healthy roster right now, have a very good offensive roster. People forget that they've been without Darren Waller. They've been without Hunter Renfro for a large majority of the season. So if you look at their offensive statistics, you're like, wow, that's not that great. They've been banged up. Josh Jacobs, he's been a lightning bolt. He didn't do much in this game. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. Thankfully, the Steelers adjusted accordingly, and they made the plays after that opening drive. That opening drive was it was deflating. It looked like the Steelers didn't want to be there, except for one guy, Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward brought his game. He was on the winner's list for a reason. He brought his game. And after that 72-yard drive, it's almost as if Hayward and some of the other defensive players got together and said, look, we got to wake up. Wake up. We can't just be sitting here, woe is me, sad for Franco Harris dying. No, we got to get it going, and they did. The next is I love the fact that this outing in Week 16, it was a team effort. And when I say a team effort, I'm talking about just think about the players that had interceptions. You had Arthur Millette on a juggled pass that he finds a way to bring in. That was right after Kenny Pickett threw a pick. That is huge. You had Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, Minka Fitzpatrick's doing Minka things. And he read, he was in that robber role, read the quarterback's eyes, makes an interception. But then there's also Cam Sutton with the game ceiling, game clinching interception in the fourth quarter. Bad pass. I don't care if it's a bad pass. You got to make that diving interception a tremendous play. An absolutely tremendous play. And then you look at Alex Highsmith making big plays, TJ Watt making plays, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward was so dynamic in this game. All of that stuff happening, you add it all up, and it was a team or a defense that played as one. Every single person had their hand in the pile, and they all executed. That's something we have not seen a lot of this season, but it was great to see a lot to like from that type of performance by some of the players that I mentioned. And some of those players were some of those players that I had had last week on my list of the players that are in that three-game tryout, quote-unquote. So good team effort, good defensive effort there. How about the fact that the Steelers' defense was supportive? And no, I'm not talking about how you're supportive to your significant other or, you know, oh, you fear not feeling well, let's, let's talk it out. No, I'm talking about the fact that the Steelers' offense was not getting the job done. And the defense said, you know what, that's fine, we got you. We're going to get you some extra possessions. Think about what I just said the last, the last stanza with the team effort thing. Kenny Pickett throws an interception, his first pick since week eight. It was bad. And things looked bad. What happens on the next play? The very next play, Arthur Millette gets the ball right back. Think about that. That's being a, that, that's that two-sided coin that you want to be. You want the one side to support the other. Very balanced from that perspective. And you talk about the other takeaways. Talk about how in the very end of the game, how I mentioned how fans were so pissed off that Mike Tomlin decided to punt the ball after the three and out when the Steelers get the ball back just under six minutes. The defense goes out and gets a three and out themselves. 
And if they didn't get a three and out, maybe it was four plays. I don't know. They got the ball right back to the offense. That's that supportive defense that you want to see. You want to see that defense being supportive. You want that group. That should be their MO this year. Not the, man, the offense is playing great, but we can't stop anyone as a defense. It should be, hey, the offense is young. They're inexperienced. They're struggling. We as a defense, we got to get them extra opportunities. We got to get them the ball back. They did that, and they needed it. The whole team needed it, and that was what spawned the victory. So really great to see. How about the Steelers keying on big-time assignments? I mentioned Josh Jacobs. I mentioned Devontae Adams. They did nothing in this game. So go back a couple weeks ago. We're talking very end of Indianapolis, second half Atlanta, four quarters against Baltimore, and everyone's talking about how look at who is coming up on the schedule. The Panthers, they run on everyone. The Raiders, Josh Jacobs is running all over the entire National Football League. Then you're looking at the Steelers' secondary. DJ Moore has his way with the Steelers. And now the, the, the Ravens, not so much. They didn't really throw the ball in that game. But then you're looking at, oh my gosh, Devontae Adams. He, he's going to run all over that team. They can't stop that guy. Come on now. He did nothing in this game. The Steelers knew the assignment. They were able to go out there, and they were able to execute and get, get it all done. Hey, we know what the assignment is. Jacobs, Adams, let's negate them. If they're going to beat us, it's going to be someone else. Like I said, the Raiders did have some big plays. They had big plays to Waller. They had big plays to Renfro and maybe a couple others, but that was essentially it. The Steelers have, for the last few weeks, said, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be on our terms. Kudos to that. They've gotten it done. They have another tough test coming up in Baltimore in Week 17. Will it be Lamar Jackson? Who knows? But they're going to have to stop that run again. We know that for sure. And then the last one, the last thing to like, same as the last thing to like on offense. They are staying alive. The Steelers, somehow, some way, are staying alive. They've been getting the job done. I can't stress how important this is for the entire football team, for the fact that they are battling for Mike Tomlin. They've Multiple players have said it. We don't want, meaning the players, we don't want Mike Tomlin's first losing season to be when I'm on this team. You don't, for all those people out there, by the way, that might think that Mike Tomlin has lost the locker room, think about what I just said. And then think about what the players in that locker room say about their leader, their coach, Tomlin. We don't want to be that first team that gives him more losses than wins on a season. Do you think anyone would say that if they didn't like the coach? You think anyone would say that in a locker room where their coach has quote unquote lost the locker room? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is a really important stretch for the Steelers and they've, they've played better. You could talk about the competition, how it's weakened. Yeah, we, we knew that we knew that when the schedule was released in May, that the second half was going to be significantly softer than the first half. And they're taking advantage of it. 
I don't think anyone expected what has taken place this season would happen with TJ Watt getting hurt with Kenny Pickett being uh, the backup and then the quarterback in the halftime of week four. Like no one predicted that, but I think, think that what you've seen is a very resilient group on offense and defense. They are staying alive. It's been fun to watch. It's been frustrating to watch. And like I said, the title of this podcast, this past win, and really this season in general, it has not been pretty or perfect, but there is still a lot to like. Constantly remind yourself that it's a, it's a rebuild, two to three years. This is year one. I like the progress that's been made. All right, folks, that does it for me. Monday, Monday, Monday. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, we are going to be here at Behind the Steel Curtain and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com giving you everything that you could possibly need to get you geared up for this Week 17 game now in primetime against the Baltimore Ravens. So make sure you're checking us out there early and often, both on the podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, as well as BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We want that to be your go-to one-stop shop for all things Steelers. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Let's do it.